You got a new wig? <laughs> I knew it was coming. I was waiting on it. <laughs> he waited till we pressed. I was waiting on it. I knew it was coming. But I have like clip-ins in just to make it fuller. So, ladies, if you just want still a natural look, definitely get clip-ins. You know what's funny? I always said that <laughs> I should have gone into the hair business for ladies. Man, that business is booming. So much money. I mean, Listen. actually, I like this look on you, though, Tanya. It looks good. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Good. It does. I mean, it looks, it looks, it looks passionate. It looks. Fierce. Oh, nice. <laughs> I like that. Nice, so no, nice plug-in, James. That was a nice plug-in. Speaking of plug-ins, let's thank our sponsors. Um, iShopFP.com. Make sure you guys check it out. Um, it's still a buy two, get one free sale going on. The camera, eye photography, and film. Um, they do everything from video, video videography, photography, um, everything that you will need, and the Gooch Foundation. They're helping people every single day, but you won't hear about it because they do it from the heart. Um, so let's thank all of our sponsors. And then let's just get right into it. Um, so today, honestly, this is our ninth episode. Um, so, and we are, you know, we're slowly climbing the ladder. I've been looking at the subscribers. I've been looking at the viewers. Um, and it's, it's going, you know, it's going a little slow. We just started recently advertising and marketing. We're just learning about that. But I'm excited to see where this is going. Um, and I just want to thank you guys and everybody um, for just, you know, watching. And because I know it's some people that watch just every week because they'll text me and, you know, they'll text me about the episode. And we really appreciate the support. Um, we knew nothing about a podcast. This is all three of our first podcasts. So, we thank you so very much. This show is a little different today because we did not prepare and we planned, we still planned because we planned <laughs> to not prepare. Um, so we're just gonna go for it. Everybody came with a topic that we have, none of us have any idea what the other's topic is. So we're just gonna wing it and see how it goes. Um, and I'm not gonna go first. So whoever wants to go first. I'm talking about, African <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually talking about African booty scratches today. What? what okay, I'm I'm gonna call y'all back. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you are joking. I'm, I'm gonna call y'all back when that, when that segment is when that segment is over. Call me back. <laughs> hey, but I actually have one. I I do have an African booty scratcher. It's real nice. Oh, wait, what is it? What is that? Do you really scratch your butt with it? Yes, they call it an African booty scratcher. Do you I, use it? Yeah, well, my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> my buddy, I'm real quick. <laughs> so, something is wrong with both of y'all. 
it's been a long day. <laughs> yeah, that it's is been a so long day. Funny. All right. <laughs> Since I never go first. I guess I, if y'all don't mind, I'll knock my topic out first. Okay. Right? Okay. My topic is something that I love, which I haven't had a chance to talk about. Is other than politics, I love sports. I'm a big, huge sports fanatic. And with the topic of what's going on in the in today's sports, from professional to college, how do y'all think that's affecting? Uh, America today because you know we're America's big on sports and just getting out and entertainment and if you notice because we can't have any crowds you're seeing the NBA play in empty arenas baseball playing in empty stadiums which I can't wait to see what they're going to do with football and now there are a lot of the colleges are uh, like the big 10 of you, your guys way they canceled the whole season uh, my my alma mater, FAMU, and the MEAC, they canceled their season. So a lot of the college seasons are being canceled outright for the whole uh, 2021 season. And that's that's going to have a major impact on economics in America. If you think about especially college games, college games mm. are huge. Rivalries yeah. are huge. They break so much money. They make so much money from just one college game like a – putting up an Alabama against a Florida state and you got the stadium sold out capacity. You can't go anywhere. And for black colleges, the main reason why I said it, because black colleges rely on classics where you had a battle of the bands, you know, and mm. big Southern rivalries. Well, we were black, you know, historically black universities, they were struggling initially even before the COVID. So how is this going to affect them now? that a large part of their revenue source, which is the classic games, are pretty much being wiped out. Um, well, I, I have two, um, I kind of have two things that I think will happen. And the first is that I think that a vaccine is gonna come sooner than later. And um, I don't really know about the conspiracy theories um, with the vaccine or not, but um, I think that's gonna come sooner or later. And I think that, things are gonna normalize sooner than we think. And two, if they don't normalize, I do believe that the world is gonna adjust just as they do every single time that we have, you know, any any type of big thing. I think we're gonna adjust and I think that um, the powers that be, they're still gonna find a way to make money. For instance, I was watching um, a basketball game, um, it was on, and I had noticed that the stadium had like the little TVs, it, it was like people in it. And I'm like, you know, what what is that? Um, and I found out that people paid to to be on TV in those seats. Um, so okay. obviously it's not as many people and things like that, but they still had a spot to where, you know, uh, the camera could see you on TV. Um, so I think that it's just going to adjust. I think that people are still going to spend their money on something. I think they're going to um, make it to where people, um, they, they're going to create a need or create a huge want that people are going to want and they're going to apply a dollar amount to it and people are going to fall into it and the powers that be are going to get paid as they always do. What do you think, Gooch? Um, I'm a little bit on the fence about it, actually. Um, just because I have been following it a little bit more closely with the sports theme because I know that um, one of my friends, his brother is um, in the NFL here um, in North Carolina. He lives in Charlotte. And so I was just um, conversing with him about like, you know, during this time, how has it been for him? 
Right. Mm -hmm. And and what are some of his concerns? And so wait, one question goes. I know I always interrupt you. I do. It's I guess it's just it's just my thing now. But you know, so he's in the NFL. I know a couple people in the NFL. So you oh you know a couple people in the NFL. So why haven't you invited them to this podcast? I mean, I haven't thought about it that far. I mean, why not? Do you know how huge that could be if we could say this big ass name or a little name or whatever he is? You know, still NFL is on talking with Tanya. And I could with pop my collar. I can be like, yeah, yeah, pop my collar because we got, we got, we got football players. <laughs> now that would be kind of good. Well, I will ask one of them and see what they Thank say. Thank you. Thank you. But, I would really appreciate it. But it's not a guarantee. Anyways, as, as I was saying before, I was really interrupted. Again. <laughs> okay, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> His concern with me was more so about their safety during training camp. Right. Um, so, like, how are they, the association or, you know, the powers that be had not really given them any type of feedback on what the safety conditions were going to be, you know? Mm -hmm. So in his mind, he was like, well, you know, of course I would like to play. However, we don't know how training camp is going to be, you know, right. I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to leave for training camp, but we still haven't heard anything. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm -hmm. So for me, I kind of felt like, even though this is, you know, something that generates a lot of money for us, you know, it's entertaining and things like that. These are still human beings as well. You know what I'm right. saying? So their safety for sure needs to be taken into consideration and nothing really has been put out there to say, hey, this is what's going to happen for the for the players of the game. This is how we're going to social distance them. How are they social distancing and they playing the game? They're not. Then, right. then, then my next thing goes into, yes, sports brings money into the city. Because I think about the city of Detroit. I think about how, you know, Dan Gilbert bought, you know, majority of the teams back downtown so to generate money to revitalize downtown. My question then becomes, how much of that money does the African-American community see? Mm. Good question. You know what I'm saying? Good question. Um, yep. and, that, and I'm not trying to make it about race, but, you know, it's majority of us that's out here playing on these sports. However, yeah. the majority of us can't afford to live downtown. Right. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So that's just kind of where I'm like twixting between with it. You know, I know that's kind of a roundabout way to answer your question. No, but... That's that's a good answer. I mean, you know, it's funny because, yeah. you know, I tried watching WWE and I'm a, I'm a big wrestling fan, grew up on watching wrestling throughout the years. And I mean, you know, because of the COVID, you know, they're inside empty arenas, you know, you used to seeing all the fans and the rowdiness. Right now, it went from really good dialogue to just bad acting. I mean, it just looks stupid. I mean, uh -huh. stupid. <laughs> so, you know, for me, it's just trying to see how they're going to actually spend this to make it look worth the person. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how they're making money because, you know, ticket sales, that's a no-go. Right. To see it about the, the TV part. The you know, TV. So but you know, and I don't know if that was just one game or if this is something that they're doing because I would think that we would have heard about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, I think some people heard about it. I don't know if avid sports fans have heard about it or not, but that was just one game, so I don't know if they're doing this on every game. Um, that's something I would like to know. I don't know. Right. Well, I will, I'm like I said, I'm more so to see how, how a lot of the HBCUs are going to survive 
because for them, this is really an economic nightmare. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. Because they, that's that's they rely on football classics and games to make revenue for the school yeah. and to get students. You know, with football gone, I mean, some of the other sports are good, but they don't make as much. They don't generate as much money as football. Mm -hmm. Not by a long shot. But I think also though this should cause. Um, you know, those schools, the HBCUs to think differently. Now's right. the time for people to think outside of the box of what we can do differently um, and become adaptable to the situation because it mm -hmm. doesn't seem like this is gonna go away soon. Um, you know, right. I know that people have their thoughts and their theories on this, regardless of whatever the case may be, right now this is what we're being told. Um, and, and and in order for us to move forward, we gotta, we gotta think differently and I'll use um, the company that I work for, for example, we still have to hire people right now. So I've been doing interviews all week and we have to figure out how we're going to revamp our training program right. so that, you know, because it's going to be virtual. Now, everybody know that you can't do no eight hours worth of training virtually and still be, you know, engaged. So right. that has exactly. become a challenge for us to think outside of the box on, okay, well, how are we going to strategize to keep these people engaged to make sure that they're learning the material that they need to to make sure that we can bring them on board and that they're going to fall into where they need to so i'll bring that back to the hbcu okay you depended solely on this amount of money to come from sports what else does african-american kids have to offer other than sports sports right yeah right. you're absolutely right, right. right. it kind of goes back to what we were talking about um either last week or the week before last when mm -hmm. we were saying how um uh like black black kids you know yes, the, their yeah. dream is sports and rap and you know we need yeah. politicians we need lawyers we need judges we need police force so right. um, most definitely yeah that's, that's good it, yeah so next up to bat let's see who's next up to bat i'm not gonna be next up to bat but <laughs> i do want to add yeah i do want to add um tanya's business tips um, and that business tip is to not downplay YouTube and Google. So it's a very simple tip, but I'm telling you guys right now, whatever you want to learn as far as licensing goes, as far as, you know, what credit cards and business credit and everything. If you look on YouTube, if you look on Google, it is there. Um, when I, and still to this day, I still learn a lot from YouTube, um, but there are people there that will actually give you free information, um, and they're still kind of getting paid because of how YouTube works, but they're giving you free information um, for you to build your own business, and they have videos, um, they have, you know, just interactive things that you can do, they, it's, everything is kind of hands-on, um, but visually, if you can, if that makes sense at all, because you're looking at exactly what they're doing and how they're doing it. And they're showing you what apps to use. They're showing you um, what what stores they go to for inventory, um, what websites they go to. And I know that, especially when I first started photography, I'm like, you know, my business partner, um, Suave, he's way, you know, not anywhere near me. He's in Florida. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? And before I was able to actually lock down um, uh, photographers and things like that and get models, you know, it was hard. And I'm like, you know, what am I going to do? Looked on YouTube, seen a few apps that I could um, use to kind of make the pictures look professional. Um, and, you know, Suave, you helped me a lot with those apps. And, 
you know, but you utilize YouTube. Don't think that you have to spend, you know, thousands of dollars to get some pictures on a website to, to get um, an app or, you know, any of that. Um, it, it, there's other options. So do not downplay YouTube and Google, even if you don't have like a mentor, or, you know, whatever it may be, it, it, the answer is there. You just simply have to find it. So that's my tip um, for this week. And Garrett, what is your topic? My topic. <laughs> <laughs> my topic this week is actually um, involving interviewing, interviewing for African Americans. Um, so I know it's not like a popular topic, but um, this week I have, like I told you, I've been interviewing, um, and we have been interviewing all African Americans for this position. Mm -hmm. And it somewhat bugs me a little bit that every time that there's a customer service position that I always get African-Americans. I never get anyone that's white. I never get anybody that's a male. I never get anybody that's outside of African-American race. Mm -hmm. And then the, the next piece that kind of bugs me is that African-Americans seem to not understand how to put together a resume and they don't understand interviewing. So okay. that made me do a little bit of research to see like the percentage of people um, that know about, you know, creating a great resume, um, you know, different articles I found out there. Um, there's one article that I found that said that African-Americans that whiten their resume seem to get a better callback for a different position. However, they're unable to speak to that white neighborhood self or yourself, your casual self. Yeah, <laughs> to, to an interview. To the, inter to the interview. You bring your, you put your best foot forward. You know, you pull out that suit, that tie and whatever, whatever. And you talk like you, you know what you're talking about. You know, you're, you bring that confidence. And that's something within the last week and a half that I just have not seen. You know, when I was in college, you couldn't graduate your senior year without going through an interview class. It was an interview clinic, actually, and you had to prepare your resume. You had to get business cards. You had to um, come in and interview with actual companies. And right. they would critique you on it. And I think that that's just something that we're missing. Mm -hmm. um, because out of all the interviews, and I've done 20 interviews this week, I've only picked mm -hmm. one person. Wow. 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 Now, Garrett, let me tell you. Garrett is very, um, I'm not going to say picky, but he definitely pays attention to detail. So if you looked at the average person, I guarantee you they probably would have found three out of three to five people that were, you know, okay for the job out of those 20 people. However, when you look at Garrett, he is very, mm -hmm. um, in my nope, I'm going to stop you right there. Wait, Garrett. I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm no, I'm going to stop you right there. Oh, you gonna compliment me? Okay, let me hear it. Let me get to it. <laughs> well, you, well, so you circling saying, the whole block and went down the street and came back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm about to park it. Hold on. So, like, I think that he, um, he just pays attention to detail. He um, can almost kind of, I'm not gonna say judge. People, some people will say judge, but he can almost just evaluate that person's work ethic and by the response that they're saying or maybe even just something small about the wardrobe 
Um, and that's what a lot of like HR professionals do. And I think that Garrett is really, he's good for that because even when he was, um, you know, when we were working at the same company and he would do, he would, you know, do the interviews and I'm like, you know, well, what's wrong with that person? And he would just pick out something that maybe I wouldn't have noticed. So I think that he tries to go for the almost perfect person for that position. I'm not even going to say perfect person, but perfect person for that position. Um, so Garrett, that's a good thing because you need to, you actually should probably tell the viewers what they need. Like, what are you looking for as, um, you know, the interviewer? Right. As an inter And, what, and one other question. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. You did say <laughs> you did. I, look, and it's always Gary. It's always Gary. But you said whiten the resume, and I know what you I know what you mean by that. But do you really think that that's the right term to use, or do you think that it like that whiten that you're talking about is just a professional resume? Well, or do you I'm, think? I I said whiten based off of the article that I that I read. So whiten okay. was in in, re, in reference to kind of masking their resumes to hide their race. So anything that was um, that was indicating any type of race thing. Got it. Right. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so in that article, it showed that when African Americans did that, there was a twenty there was a almost a twenty five percent increase for them getting a callback for a particular job. Let me, um, I, I, I just want to, I want to comment on that because I've actually done a lot of resumes for people because mm -hmm. update their resumes because the biggest thing a lot of people miss when you're doing a resume, they put jobs that have no relevance to. Thank you. <laughs> None Thank whatsoever. You. <laughs> and Thank and you. they think that this experience, even though it's not relevant, it, it right. still shows some type of it. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, people have to understand this is that. I have almost five different versions of my resume because you have to look at the job spec and you have to arrange your resume so that it can speak to that job that you're trying to apply. I could care less about you working at Buffalo Wild Wings, Hooters, and this is that and the other. Take, take that stuff off, you know what I'm saying? Because I've helped people do their resumes as well. But what I tell people when I help them with their resume, I can make you an airtight resume but if you yeah. can't speak to the resume, then I, if you can't That's sell yourself, point. exactly, then that lets me yep. know that somebody helped you put this together. You yes, know? absolutely. So like, like, and you also have to know in a resume that there's certain keywords that, that come across and that are pulled and that, you know, if somebody types into, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z, that's gonna pull your resume. You know, look up what those words are so that you can put that in. It's, Which is thank you. <laughs> and that I think when I when I'm interviewing, that is one of the most important things I look at because it's like you took the time out to apply for this. Surely, surely you know some history about this company. Surely you know the reasons of why you want to apply to this company. And if exactly. they don't know that, it kind of you know I'm like eh. So why, right. why are you really here? You know, are you just here to just get a I job? Ask, because I want someone that's passionate. And I ask people that. So why you? Oh, well, what do you mean? Why do you want this position? You know what I'm saying? What drew you to come to this company here? Oh, well, I got a call from somebody and I need a job. That's not going to make me confident <laughs> that 
I want to hire you. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. Or if you're asking me in the interview, well, could you give me more details on what this job is? What? <laughs> <laughs> I, and I understand that, you know, when we're hiring people, you know, sometimes we get people from agencies and things like that. But I even challenge the agencies when I meet with them. Give these people the proper information so that they could come in and know yeah. what we're talking about. You know what I'm right. saying? Because Absolutely. we're looking for a certain caliber of people that are able to write, that can talk, that can, you know, do X, Y, and Z. And the people they send me, just like, where do people come from? Right. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I feel, not, I wouldn't say obligated, but I feel oftentimes that I want to give that coaching but mm -hmm. I, in the in the position that I'm in, I can't because I'm the client. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. yeah. But oftentimes, um, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead I go ahead before I choke you. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say another thing that people do when they're interviewing. I feel like it is kind of ironic for me to say this. But they kind of, you know, just vomit words, and then you're talking so much to where you kind of forgot the, the question of the interviewer. And it's like, you know, we're just sitting here, and now we're completely off subject and off topic. And, you know, right. so you really have to, and I can't remember, what is that called? It's two different types of interviewers. And I remember I was in this, um, in this, uh, it was some type of culture class, learning about um, other cultures, but they were talking about Black people. And they were saying that Black people normally interview in, I want to say, a, a circle kind of interview where they're talking and talking and talking just to get to the point in the middle. And then yeah. you have, yep. And then you have, um, you know, majority white people where they kind of just, they're cut and dry. They get to the point, they answer the question. Um, and that's the way that a lot of interviewers want it done, you know? So, But, but you also have to... For instance, just like you said, you have to research the company. When I went to interview for the company that I work for now, now I've worked for the company I've worked for now for almost five years. But when I went to the new um, branch of my company, I had to re-interview. I figured out what their style of interview was, which is called Personality targeted. type. Personality type. Oh, you type, have yeah. to research the personality type. You have exactly. to. Exactly. So you got all different types of interview, viewing styles. So therefore, you need to learn... Well, hey, they could possibly ask me this style, that style. Your answer for an interview should really be structured, beginning, middle, and end. What you did, how you yes. solved it, and what was the result. Exactly. You're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. right. Here's, here's one other tip that I would tell anyone that's going to do an interview. If you've done your interview and you feel like you've done well, a lot of people seem to just go do the interview and then stop at that. They don't call the company back. They don't see where the application process is. To me, that shows a company that you're, will, you're eager to want interested. to and interested. There you go. And a lot of yep. people, I put the application in here. Okay, did you check back with them? Right. Uh, no, because I, I ain't heard from them. Well, yeah, why I heard. Did you call? <laughs> did, you, did you send them an email? Did you say thank you for the interview? Was, when yep. the person calls you on the phone, was you stuttering all over uh, the place? Like, how did you come to the interview? Did you come with a dirty, yeah. nasty white shirt on? <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm going to tell exactly. you something funny. This is, this is exactly. a true story. It's funny that Gary would say that. This is a true story. I got a call today. And, you know, I ain't going to tell you the figures, but it's, it's some pretty high figures that they're offering me. And to come work for a marketing firm in Jacksonville. Now, this mm -hmm. is my third time actually 
sent in a resume to this company. They, they, they got my first resume and then they called me back. And then the second time, and this is the third time, you know, because they've been looking and she was like, look, what are you asking for? What, what, what's your bottom line price for coming in? I say, well, with the experience that I have, that you can see, I've had over, you know, 15 years of experience. She, you know, I made her an offer. She made me a higher offer. I said, okay, <laughs> we're good. But it's because I stayed persistent. And she told me that. She said, you know, even when I wasn't in contact with you, you were in contact with us. You kept hitting me up, letting me know you sent your, your portfolio, showed me, showed me yep. a lot of your work. And that's what put me back in the game, even though it was months later before she got in contact with me. And that just happened. Let me tell, wow. let me tell you, I got a similar story to that. I had wanted to be at the company that I'm at now. Um, when I first graduated out of college, they said, no, you don't have any experience. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? I've been a manager here. I've done this. I've done that. The company that I met Tanya at, I never even wanted to go to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> but I'm thankful I was, for it, though. I, exactly. I'm thankful for it because my, who was it? My godfather? My godfather at the time was like, look, you don't pass up no job. And he was like, everybody that goes through that employer winds up with a better job because of their training. Good. So he was like, if you can, if you can make it through there for a year, you're going to be good. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it out. Left there, went to another company, you know, in a management position, still was trying to get to the company that I was, you know, that I'm at now was putting in applications, you know, calling them back or whatever. One year later, after me being at the other company, they called me. Mm. And they asked me to apply to this position. And I'm like, I don't want to go out to no Ann Arbor. But to, in order to get my foot in the door, you best to believe. I went out there and was driving 60 miles <laughs> just, to, to <laughs> just to get there every single day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So my, what, what, my main thing about this topic today is us as African-Americans, we have to do better as far as preparing ourselves for an interview. There are jobs out there, but are you ready to apply for those jobs and, and bring your best self so that you can get that job. You know what I'm saying? And Absolutely. you have to be willing to get your foot in the door. Oh, they don't want to work around my schedule. Well, what's your schedule? You ain't got a job. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Oh, I don't, don't want to go that far. Okay, they could possibly move you once you get in there and, and do a good job. You know what I'm saying? Think about what tell we were you. telling you. We, mm -hmm. we traveled all around Metro Detroit. Absolutely. But you, you had to pick up your baggie and you had to go report to a new branch in the morning, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You, had no, you had no time to say that you didn't want to do it or anything else like that. I'm just saying nope. that as, as, us as young African-Americans need to be more open-minded so that we can move forward in the economic growth. I agree. I completely, I completely agree. And I'm going to, um, I still want to touch on this. So we're running out of time, guys. We might not get to my topic, which is totally fine. Oh, no, um, but I do. no, 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 no. We want your topic. <laughs> we want, no, we wait, 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 wait. No, this, this is really important. Um, uh, this is really important for the viewers. Um, but what, what you were talking about, Gary, I think, and it, this is really, um, it's a passion of mine to even, um, tell you guys this because and I think that everybody can definitely attest to it but when you get out of your comfort zone something that you are totally content with um, and and you you 
you go ahead and you make the decision that you're going to challenge yourself and challenge your lifestyle and challenge your time. Um, God, and you know, I'm an avid believer in God. So if you're so not, you know, hey. So am I. So, <laughs> um, so and, and God will, once you make that first step, God will take you through whatever other steps you're, you're going to need to get through. But you have to make that initial step. You have to be willing to get out of your comfort zone. Um, and sometimes, sometimes getting out of that comfort zone, God is going to place you in a really ugly area, a really um, gray area in your life. And if, you, if it wasn't for that area in your life, um, I'm telling you, you're not going to have the strength. You're not going to have the courage to get out of your comfort zone. So I'm, I'm speaking um, from experience, of course. But for, for me, it was going through something that should have, uh, it should have definitely, um, I probably should have been out of my mind. And it's in some point, and sometimes I definitely was looking at some of the memories back then, but I, I made it out. But if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for that pain, I would not have known my purpose. And it was that situation that allowed me to make a step out of my comfort zone to say, you know what, I've gone through this. So what am I scared of? God got me through that. So it's no way that he's not going to get me, um, get me through something that I want to do, that I have a passion for. Um, and he did just that. And not only did he do what I was praying for, God did above and beyond. I asked him for very specific things for, I would say, a whole year straight. And he's funny because he would even tease me sometimes and kind of give me what I want. Um, for instance, for a, a job that I actually have now, he kind of teased me with that when it wasn't the right time. He put me through, you know, meeting the interviewer and then for them to not even interview me to say, oh, we're not going to hire anybody in Michigan. They hired somebody from, from Indiana. And, you know, I was really down on myself and things like that. But it was uh, a long story short, it was almost a year later. And Garrett, similar to your story, they reached out to me. They contacted me. And to me, that was God saying, I got you. You're going to get this, but you're not ready for it yet. Um, and when it was time, I'm telling you, that year at this previous company that I was at was the worst time in my life, okay? I am telling you, I had panic attacks. I was miserable. When I say miserable, I was miserable. And, you know, that company contacted me, and it was at the right time because God had already prepared me to get out of my comfort zone. I just had to take the step. And I was ready. Yeah. I was flying to different states. I was ready. I was ready to go. I was done. And you just have to, you have to be willing to step out of your comfort zone. You have to be willing because that is where your blessings are. God is mm -hmm. not going to make, you know, it easy for you. He is going to prepare you. And in preparation, yes. you're going to go through and go through, get through and get your blessing. I agree. So you, you was reading my, you was reading my Facebook status this week. I actually did. You. I really? Did. I, I, I talked about, you know, in order to get to where you're going, you have to get out of the comfortable situations, whether it be a relationship, whether it be a job, whatever it is, you have to get out of it and be oh, uncomfortable yeah. so that you can get to that next level. Right. Trust yes. me, yeah. when you get uncomfortable, you will get to where you got to go. And God yeah. is going to blow your mind for sure. Yeah. Oh my, my God! Home, yes, my homeboy used yes. to say that all the time. You got to be willing to be uncomfortable to get where you're trying to go. He, he's, he's, and that is so true. And everything that you're doing, you gotta, 
be willing to step out. Well, it's just all the basically what it says. You got to be willing to step out on faith. That's what it means. Yeah, most definitely. And a lot of people, a lot of people are afraid to do that. You know. And the thing is, I think that that's the you know you have to be willing to step on a faith because that's telling God I'm willing to make myself uncomfortable. I'm willing to take this step, not knowing what's going to happen. And God is going to bless you because you are doing nothing but trusting Him completely. You're not trusting anybody else. But him, like God, you gotta put your trust in him. Yes, I couldn't. When I was going through, I couldn't depend. My mom, my family loved me to death, spoiled me, but I couldn't depend on them. I couldn't depend on my husband. I couldn't depend on my kids. I could only, not my dad, not a friend, not a boss. I could only depend on God in this situation. He was the only one that I could turn to. And now, when I tell this story to people, he is the only one that I can credit. And he does that strategically. I'm sure of it. Yeah, so, definitely. Oh, so guys, we are done. I'm going to tell you, I don't even feel comfortable telling you what I was going to talk about after this conversation. I was going to talk about um, Cardi and Meg's WAP song, but we're just going to get off of that, okay? We will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for talking with Tanya. I love you. Bye. Make sure that you like, like, subscribe. Yes. In the corner. Please. Right there. Right Please. There. <laughs> like, just support us. Please. Yeah, like, support it's free. Hey, support is free. Yeah, support is free. Bills are not, but support.